the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by the Institute for Ham Arts, Ars Porkum. My name is Aaron, my personal pals, Dave. Morning, boys. Thank you. We have Brick. Yeah, man. Hey, come on. And then over here we have a new mainist, Nico. Hello. Hello. I guess. Welcome. Nico, this topic for today was generated by you, we believe. Tell us about your thoughts here <laughs> on <laughs> what makes a novel compelling. Yeah, so I think this is one of the questions I came up with when we were talking about I Swim the Pun in the Rain, the George Saunders uh, book on fiction craft and specifically short story craft. Uh, yeah, so what what do you think makes this story compelling, however you would define it? What makes you want to read, keep reading? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. And I think that the selection of genre is interesting, too, because I, I think I might have different things for a short story versus a novel, right? Mm-hmm. In some ways, a short story can do a lot more for me with, with certain effects that I would find frustrating in a novel, right? A lot mm-hmm. more I can allow for maybe even expect a lot more abstraction or vagueness in a short story whereas in a novel i might sort of start to get itchy and, and demand a bit more specificity yeah. but i i want to i guess i would go back to something that we discussed with the canon uh where we sort of relaunched canon or canon to kind of discuss what we think canonosity actually is to coin a phrase and and sort of strangeness comes up i think pretty often for me like does this novel feel strange like that's mm-hmm. can be compelling is like how weird does this feel how different does this feel is this just another story that you read before or does this feel relatively conventional or is it like there's something maybe sort of like risky going on that you can respond to and like it's one of the reason why i liked uh, stone arabia is i felt there was some strangeness to the mm-hmm. structure of the novel yeah okay brick yeah, I I think it's a little separate than the strangest, but the mm. the thing I most want in a in like to see to really or the thing that most like really gets a book's hooks in me is when I don't see the construction materials. Hmm. Right? Like it doesn't like the author writes it well enough that I'm always aware of the author, but I'm also not aware of the author. You know what I mean? I, I'm yeah. not describing that very well. There's a degree of being able to give yourself over to the text, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it almost, it just feels done, right? And you can't see the seams. For me, I think this is most noticeable with a really, really well-drawn character. Hmm. And that's typically... And it's in the emotional kind of growth or, or tribulation or something with that character that that I tend to see that the most combined with strong, like, sentence-level writing. Right. In a novel, you know, I think the plotting is, is pretty important, too, because that's the thing that drives that character arc. But the second it feels mechanical, the book loses me. Mm. And so... For a book to be really compelling, I need to just give myself to it. But it's hard. It's hard to do. And it's hard to describe exactly what I'm trying to describe. So I don't, I'm not sure if I'm being clear. But Yeah, when you've read that much, there's, you know, a sort of... Once you start to see some of the patterns or some of the things that, that happen over and over again, you can start to see, like you said, the seams of it, and it becomes a bit less surprising. Mm-hmm. And so when you do find yourself surprised or 
sort of taken care of by a you know a mature author in control of their work, then mm-hmm. it's, it's really satisfying because it like gets past all those defenses you have. Yeah, you know, and I think there's some there's something that some authors just have, and you mm-hmm. know, and we we've did a whole episode on this. And it doesn't just magically appear in them. They they they've built it through years of work or practice or study or whatever. Yeah. But um, there's there's this thing that separates the A tier from the S tier that is hard to put your finger on. There, there's some kind of magic dust that some authors are able to sprinkle into their work. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Right. And, and it's, you know, I think this is one of my, Ian McEwen's going to be my, my fall boy now. Right. Where like his books that are good, they're so well written. There's like no one that, no one that I know of right now really writes like that. But then his books that are bad, like that artifice is so like laughably obvious right? that it's like, well, why'd you do that? <laughs> you know, I know you can write good books and it's not like you got lucky once you've, you've written four or five that are really good. So just don't publish this, you know? And so you, you kind of look for him to find that spark again or, or for, you know, other authors to find their own. Yeah, it's strange when you sort of figure out the source code a little bit. It becomes can become frustrating, certainly. Dave, tell us your thoughts. You know, I think, and Nico will probably like this. I'm more. I'm going to be more compelled <laughs> by by a good story than by a good character. Hmm. You know, especially when the writer is trying to do like a deeply literary character sketch kind of thing, but only in tandem with a writer having something to say. Like, I want a story, sure, but I also want that story to have something, some depth to it, like something on its mind. You know, like, for example, exploring or questioning, uh, you know, power structures and, and stuff right. like that. Like, I want the, the a combination of that with a good story, and I want it to be, you know, a story well told, but not kind of like brick was saying well told to the point where you can see where it's and god we've talked about this so much but just like writers showing off i don't that's the last thing i want in in any kind of book Mm -hmm. yeah that's just the over obvious signature you know on the canvas right yeah where the writing itself kind of is meant to take precedence over the story or be displayed over the actual quality of the story itself Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely uh, Nico, what about you? How did you answer this question? <laughs> so I think my short answer is uh, kind of like what Brick said, unpredictability. Mm. If you can, I think, yeah, like if you know, if, you know, a story formula to the point where you can guess what's going to happen next. I think that's when it when it kind of really ruins the story. And the story becomes formulaic, what you would call formulaic or predictable, if it sticks so closely to that that it kind of spoils itself. But actually, now we're watching the NFL playoffs as we record this, and I kind of think that if you're just going to take a story without any other kind of external elements, that comparing it to like watching a sports game Hmm. is there, there are a lot of kind of relations to what what makes a story compelling so specifically like the stakes of it if if it feels like more important than another than another random 
story or game. Like, so if you're watching the Super Bowl, that's inherently more interesting than watching like the first game of the preseason. Hmm. If you have a rooting interest in the team, like if you like one of the one of the teams or one of the characters, then you're automatically like more interested in in that seeing that team. Whereas like if you're watching like two random teams that neither of which you particularly care for, then it's less uh, then it's less interesting. Yeah. And number three is. Uh, <laughs> If you know the the rules so if you if you have a good idea of like how the game is played and it's been explained to you how how teams score for instance what's illegal what's legal what are strategies t- people pretty uh, typically use and then you see a team do something clever within that framework then mm. that is more satisfying to you so then like if you take you know so like for instance if you have all of those elements in the story like so if you are watching your favorite team play in the super bowl and you're a huge football fan and you know like how hard it is to do a you know a quarterback draw for a fifth fourth fourth and 15 or something then you have more appreciation for that than if you're watching two random teams play in a game that in a sport that you don't understand for a game that means nothing that makes sense. It's a good tiny mm-hmm. metaphor. Um, and those things are all like, yeah, like make for drama, right? You're describing drama. Yeah. Like sort of feeling suspenseful. That's what makes sports exciting is the sort of suspense of it all. Like, will this work out or not, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those things are tied closely to sort of generating suspense in your writing. Those are good picks for sure. I think those are, those are kind of like, mm-hmm. I think describe our lanes pretty well or pretty effectively. <laughs> but listeners, tell us your thoughts on what makes for an engaging or compelling story or novel. Uh, you can contact us at Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. We're also on social media at yakbabies in various places. You can find us there. And then really, Patreon is where it's at. Patreon.com slash yakbabies where you can get access to our bonus podcast for $1 a month. That's all we're asking. You can get all kinds of fun content there. Some discussions, some games, personal life stuff. There's a whole separate podcast series about ghost jokes. There's candy rankings and tournaments. And man, it's full of chock full of content. Let's check it out. And then tinyurl.com slash jackbabies where you have access to our merch. There are designs by Brick that are very fun with bunch of inside jokes. You can put it on posters, t-shirts, mugs, whatever you want to do and show off to your friends and loved ones. Until then, Yak Babies, yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Oh.